You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two, heroin for updates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Brady Leavitt, like any other Canadian kid, his dream was to play in the National Hockey League. Success came easily to Leopold as he began to turn heads in the junior leagues. Pass from Long, he's got Leopold with him. Long walks in, Sanders, goal! Leopold's a right-hand shot, rotates, and then sends it along back to Leopold. boy, Brady! And here we go, right off the bat, a fight ensues. And it's Leavold and Kerr, and they're both getting in shots. Now Leavold throwing right after right and just connecting like crazy. Once I met heroin, I mean, it was just, that became my new passion. What's the reason that young people who are athletes get addicted to heroin? They injure themselves, and they're more likely to be prescribed an opioid. And once addicted, many are going to switch over to heroin because it's much more cost-effective. And the effects that they produce in the brain are indistinguishable. When we talk about painkillers, we're essentially talking about heroin pills. Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. Guys, this is episode number 43, coming at you live from North Bay, the Buckman household where I've been staying for the last six days before I go on to say anything else, guys. Let me quickly say just that how appreciative I am of them just for bringing me into their house after everything I've gone through. They didn't know me. Uh, you know, you quick Google my name, Sportsnet article, jail, drugs, the whole nines, and uh, they didn't even question it really. Uh, so I'm so grateful to, for them, uh, for all their hospitality. I got to get on the ice with their son, Carter. Uh, what a great time that was. Uh, Blair and Mandy, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, their son, Alex, too, has been a uh, great sense of support and actually has taught me a lot. He's got a great outlook on life. But uh, what a pleasure it's been uh, to be around this family. They, uh, they remind me a lot of my billet family from Swift Kern, actually. Uh, you know, really tight-knit family. I used to spend a lot of time playing cards with the Curse Lakes out in Swift Current. Um, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to building this relationship. Hopefully, hopefully they can come down to Muskoka, do some bass fishing on the lake that I live on uh, with me and my girlfriend and our family out there. Uh, yeah, we just have a, a lifelong friendship now, so I'm so grateful for that. Guys, hopefully, uh, well, you're not listening to this on the Hockey Podcast Network right now because this is live on Facebook if you're watching, but hopefully if you're listening to the audio, you're listening on the Hockey Podcast Network, guys, you can check them out anywhere on social media at Hockey Podnet, and of course on their website, www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Guys, they have 31 podcasts, one for every NHL team, plus bonus content content like Hockey to Heroin, Road to Recovery, Tales with TR, you know that's Terry Ryan's podcast, guys. If you haven't listened to that episode, I suggest going back to episode 39 with Terry Ryan. Uh, Tales of a First Round Bust, his book, and he just signed a new book deal. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, so uh, wishing him well out east. Terry, uh, best of luck with your new book, uh, and you know I'm one of your biggest supporters. Uh, guys, uh, they also have House of Hockey, Ice Analytics, and the Fourth Line Podcast, which is a grinder-based podcast. Guys, if you like the fight stories of guys that banged it out in the minors, definitely check that out, guys. That's at 
Hockey Podnet. Uh, of course, I'm in North Bay. I'm not recording in the Matthew Lashinsky Memorial Studio, but you can see right here, if you're watching, I got the plaque with me. I take it everywhere with me, guys. Matthew Lashinsky was not was not my friend. I'm sure he would have been. I never got the pleasure to meet this young man, and him and I were actually born in the same year, uh, and our stories are so much alike, it's, it's really not even funny. So, uh, you know, he passed away, unfortunately, in 2017. And when I launched the podcast, guys, I say this every single podcast, and if you're an avid listener, you're gonna keep hearing this, and I'm sorry. If you don't like it, turn it off. And if you want to turn it off, don't even bother listening to my podcast because this is why I'm doing everything I'm doing. There is no reason why it says in memory of Matthew Lasinski and it doesn't say in memory of Brady Leibold. Could have easily been me with the amount of times I overdosed and tried to commit suicide and all of it, guys. Uh, so when Matt Thompson, who was Matthew Lasinski's best friend, uh, he, you know, I spammed Facebook with my podcast on the first episode. If your picture was a hockey player, you were getting it. And I was going to say, hey, check, this is my story. Check it out. And, and thankfully, I've been super, super supportive. Um, and or everyone's been really supportive. I've been extremely, extremely lucky. But I'm so grateful for Matt Thompson sharing the story of Matthew Lazinski because now, you know, we can remember him the right way. I've connected with his parents. They're actually coming up to Muskoka. We have a surprise for them. And Matt Thompson's making his way down. He was he was trying to hold out for a surprise because him and I are like best friends now. He's already been down once. We talked multiple times during the day. Uh, actually, I'll share a quick story. Yesterday, he's been telling me that he's been having these uh, vivid dreams of Matty, of Matthew Lasinski, and, and like it's been good for him, but it's been hard. So, you know, doing doing this, going through this, guys, uh, this is all for Matthew Lasinski and all of our fallen brothers and sisters like Mitch Fadden, who is my line mate in Norfolk, guys. There's just so many, guys. And please, if you want to know more about it, you could check out the Puck Support Foundation at Puck Support anywhere on social media, guys, and www. The puck, or sorry, www.pucksupport.com, guys. Really, it's a work in progress. It is, uh, it's, you know, it's more of just a coming soon page. It's just me doing everything, building my website, building that website. I am, you know, we have a team of, we're building a board of directors and, and so many supporters. Uh, Ashley Langdon, I quickly want to give a shout out to him, who's, an, a, you know, he was episode 40. Um, and I didn't know him, you know, he spent four years in jail as well, played pro hockey and junior hockey. And actually he told me a story about somebody else that I looked up to. That's actually an on parole who played in the Western hockey league too, in the States. I'm not going to use his name, but hopefully I can get him onto the podcast while he's actually in the halfway house is my hopes. Um, so we can re reel him in and uh, get him on the right track. Uh, it's guys, if you think, I thought my story was a one of a kind story sitting in jail, with no options, no, I just wanted to die. And, and now I, it's, it's honestly appalling how many hockey players are struggling with mental health and addiction and so much that they're actually like landing in jail and they're dying and it's just, guys, so check it out, the Puck Support Foundation, at Puck Support, PuckSupport.com. I'm gonna have a three-on-three -three tournament up in Muskoka, competitive open and co-ed divisions. Darren McCarty's coming out, I think Brent Sopel's coming out. So guys, it's gonna be a lot of fun to raise money for the Puck Support Foundation and hopefully we're gonna raise money probably for like the Brent Sobel Foundation uh, for dyslexia and dysgraphia and that kind of stuff too because it's a great, great cause. But I wanna get back to Ashley Langdon. He, uh, you know, he's been a huge supporter. He's been, he's like my my right-hand man now with the Bucks Bar Foundation and uh, he's just super amped up. He's doing well, so proud of him. And I just wanna give a big thanks to his boss, Will Govan, who's, uh, 
He owns Steel Vic Construction out in Edmonton. Uh, these guys sent me a couple hundred bucks yesterday because I was struggling for money out here. And like, I didn't ask for it or whatever, but he just knew and I didn't want to accept it. But you know what? He sent me some money and it's, it's really nice. So now I'm able to like use that money. I can go get these guys my bill. It's something nice. Um, so thank you to Ashley and Will. Like guys, I'm really just rebuilding my life. I got out of jail in November. Uh, I just got on the ice for the first time in seven years five days ago and it felt amazing. I wanna give a huge thanks to everybody in North Bay that I've you know, got to meet over the past week. You guys have been nothing but supportive. I can't say enough about this town. There's something about this city and the hockey community that I just love. Um, we're gonna talk about that as, as the episode progresses here. Uh, I met a lot of incredible people. One of them is, uh, is a kid named Will. Um, and I'm not gonna get too into the details about the story, but I hope that a couple years down the road, uh, as this uh, kid gets a little bit older, uh, I can actually have this person on the podcast and uh, he could share his story. Um, it's nothing like mine, but it's it's definitely one that's, uh, you know, it, it's probably the coolest thing that I've heard in, in a long, long time. Um, so I wanna say thanks to Will too, because he came over and said, you know, thank you. He's really young. He's like, thank you so much for what you're doing and, and all that. So I just, you know, it put me into tears. So I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to Dan Spence and 360 Goaltending for bringing me out. Um, you know, I hadn't talked to Dan in, God, a decade probably. So really he had no idea where my head was at other than listening to the podcast. Um, other than that, guys, too, I just want to say thank you to Doug Saunders and MC Saunders. They had me over for dinner uh, with their son, Caleb, who's a goalie. And of course, they billet Liam Arnsby of the OHL uh, North Bay Battalion. Uh, I got to work with him a little bit and I've connected with him. And I'm going to make sure that uh, he's staying on the right track. Uh, he's got endless potential. He's a first rounder, ninth overall. Uh, he played for the Don Mills Flyers. That team was loaded, including the exceptional status Shane Wright. Uh, but guys, pretty much that's it uh, for the intro. But of course, you know, this episode is proudly brought to you by Team Issued Limited. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger, a community for all striving towards the same goals. Guys, you can check them out, teamissued.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. That was my go-to move. They used to call me Tommy TOEDRAG. That's why the pro promo code is TOEDRAG15. Um, I'm decked out head to toe in team issued always. I'm like a walking billboard. Big thanks to Jesse Paradise, WHL alumni. Played with him in the Kona Rockets. That's his company. Uh, it's my main sponsor. I'm not even kidding, guys. I didn't even have clothes when I got out of jail. That's pretty much, I, this is all I have is team issued stuff. I have pretty much everything off the website. Um, but I don't really have much, but I feel like I have a lot. I'm, a, I'm, like a, I'm like the richest I've ever been, and I have like 200 bucks to my name. So um, I don't know. I just feel amazing. I feel grateful. Um, you know, and I have been talking about before we get into this, I'm launching uh, a crusade. Uh, I will come out and say it's going to be called the Gratitude Crusade, guys. Uh, look for it in the coming days. It's going to be a social media challenge. And, and listen, if, if you do get challenged to do this, it's not a physical challenge. It's just all about being grateful. Uh, so basically, this is going to be the premise, guys. Uh, I'm going to announce it now. So I'm going to start it off. Uh, by nominating a bunch of people, not three, but if you get nominated, you're gonna have to do this for three days and every day you're gonna have to name three things you're grateful for and then nominate three people to do the same thing and those three people are three people that you're grateful for that you have them in their your life. So I'm gonna go off and I'm gonna nominate probably like 50 to 100 people to get this thing started because that's, I, I have so many people to thank, right? Uh, and that means like if you're getting this message, whether it's from me, from somebody else, that means like, hey, you're doing something great, someone's grateful, to have you in their life. And I think that's extremely important because if you live in an attitude of gratitude, it's a very hard to have a bad day. You may have bad moments, 
you know, things happen. But if we can always find ways to be grateful, guys, I mean, it's really, really hard to have a bad day. Yes, I could sit here and complain. I don't have teeth. I think the WHL should be paying for my teeth. I'm working on that, and I'm gonna put them on blast here pretty soon if they don't pony up and pay for them, I swear to God, because I lost them and it's their fault, the dentist wasn't there, whatever, I don't wanna get into it. I could bitch and complain about that, I could say I have no money, or I could look at it like, hey, I'm a rich man, I'm not using today, I have two eyes, I have two hands, two ears, I have a beautiful family, what the hell do I have to complain about? Yeah, my hockey career didn't work out, yeah, I spent three years in jail, yeah, I haven't seen couple of my kids in a couple years but you know what I'm doing all the things right now to get to where I need to be and I know that that $200 is gonna turn into two million dollars if I want it to like I that's just and the same thing can go for all of you guys listening it's all about being up here the mental capacity so without further ado I'm really excited usually you wouldn't be able to see my guest here but of course this is episode 43 so let's get right into it that is it for the penalty to Marquard. Now here he is in over the line, going in on goal, takes the shot, he scores! Out of the penalty box, Matt Marquard warmed it up in Wildcats. That was a beautiful goal. Just picking the defense like that, just going around defense. High shot. You can't beat that. Right, Matt Marquardt, especially on breakaways, we've seen it time and time again. Those of us who watch the Wildcats on a regular basis, he's got those soft hands. He didn't have a whole lot of room on that uh, on that stick blocker side, but he put it right in the spot that was open. But just that little opening was all Marquardt needed. That's all he needs on most nights. Loose here now. Raymond streaking in. High slot. Marquardt coming in. Scores! Matt Marquardt wristed it. Blocker side. Listen, and we got another fight coming here. This one could get ugly. It's Matt Ford and Matt Marquardt. They're squaring off. And now they get a hold of each other. Ford takes some heavy right hand from Marquardt. Marquardt going right hard. Ford topples over. I think bit off a little more than he could chew as Marquardt really was showing off his punching skills. Matt Ford with a jersey over his head falls to the ice, and I think that's the best thing that could have happened out of that. Shot, Marquardt scores! Oh, what an effort there. As Marquardt showed his thumb. That'll be it. Oh, oh, we got another fight coming. Marquardt Blanchard in there. This erupted rather quickly. He's throwing right hands. Oh, he's taking liberty here. Look out. Ducinier is down, he's turtling. This could get ugly, folks. Well, it all started with a hit on Blanchard and Marquardt did not like it. You know, I've never learned more about like a winning culture and that just starts with yeah. some people that can talk to guys about little things like, you know, being a good teammate. You know, won a, won a couple championships over my career too and it's just the part of just those little things and it's the small intangibles and there's things I look back on today and it goes right back to where I was in Moncton in 05, 06, yeah. 14 years ago. Especially now I find for myself, I find that our age group is kind of the last of the old school and Danny Flynn said it best that this is a quote I use all the time, especially with players is, you know, 
when guys win the Stanley Cup or any championship, the names on the cup are in alphabetical order, not order of importance. I tried to bow my head, put down the bottle like my grandma said my daddy did. I love her like a wailing song, but old number seven was damn too strong. Back road, radio live, pushing 85 and burn a one down. All right, guys, without further ado, let's bring him in. This is, uh, <laughs> this guy has quite the story, and he has, uh, he had back to back 40 berry seasons in the queue. That's crazy to me. Uh, and actually, he was drafted in the 2006 NHL entry draft, seventh round, 194th overall by a friend of mine, Doug McLean, actually. And I, I texted Doug, and he says, Hi, by the way, uh, guys, this is, uh, Matt Marcourt of uh, North Bay. And if you like that song at the end, I'm going to play it at the end. That's actually his brother, Corey Marks. Uh, and if you listen to uh, episode 42, uh, I played Outlaws and Outsiders. Dan Spence showed me that song. I just love it. We'll talk a little bit about your brother. Uh, but quickly before we bring in Matt, uh, he was a 0405 CCHL Rookie of the Year. He won the Quebec Major Junior League Championship in 0506. They went to the Mem Cup. They didn't win, but hell of an experience going to the Mem Cup, of course. And he also won the ECHL Kelly Cup Championship with one of my best friends from childhood, David Rutherford. So, uh, you didn't know that probably, did you? <laughs> but anyways, without further ado, let's bring him in uh, from North Bay. He played for the North Bay Trappers Minor Hockey Association, uh, Matt Marcourt. How are you doing? Thanks a lot for having me and uh, welcome to North Bay. We're really happy to have you here. Glad we uh, crossed paths. Yeah, that's, uh, man, thank you, man. And uh, I see what you're doing, and I'll tell you too, like you run uh, CHT Hockey School up here, and so I was up here with 360 goaltending, and you guys were like on the ice after us, and I talked to a few of the kids and parents, and they say this is the best hockey school that they've had in years and years up here by you, so good on you guys. I didn't get a chance to watch your program because they're locking the doors and kicking us out. Two minutes, get out of the rink, or we're taking 10 minutes off your ice session, so I never even got to see you on the ice or anything, but um, you know, it's, it's amazing that you're giving back you've had a very successful pro career no NHL games but you know what hell of a career 13 14 years pro now how long has it been uh, I think I'm going into my 13th now yeah and you're still gonna play this year where are you, what's the plan I think so yeah that's uh that's my plan right now not sure with uh current situation the world's in but uh you know just being patient with it but uh you know love being in North Bay here it's my hometown and uh you know so we're just waited out here and see what happens yeah, well, so what's what are they saying? Are you are you planning on going back to England? Because I know you spent some time in the American Hockey League, and, and actually Matt and I played against each other in Traverse City Prospects tournament back in two thousand eight, I guess summer of '08, right? You were there with Columbus, yeah, yeah. and I was there with the Lightning, um, but we just crossed paths actually in the parking lot. So he, I saw he had his table set up, but he had to go into the rink. So I think it's your girlfriend or your wife was sitting there, and I just went over and I could just, I obviously knew I saw that you walked by, and I could tell you're a pro hockey player. You know what I mean? You could just tell. <laughs> And, and so I went up to your girlfriend and I just gave her my card. I said, your boyfriend's probably a pro hockey player. I don't know who he is, but I'm sure he's a pro. Can you just give him my card? And, and then you stopped me. Remember, we walked by and you're like, Brady, and you, you caught me. So I just want to say thank you and, and, and for doing this. But uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, about you know your jump from minor hockey to the major juniors because like myself, you weren't drafted to the O. I wasn't drafted to the Western League, but you – you know where you live you should have played in the O but because they didn't pick you up you were actually able to go out to the Quebec, Quebec Major League um, and, and just talk about that experience and what it was like was it a little bit debilitating not getting drafted because I almost wanted to quit hockey when I didn't get drafted to the Western League yeah for sure and I actually uh, did quit 
quit hockey for a while. Um, you know, uh, it was a kind of a weird transition at the time when it was my draft draft year going into draft year because uh, we actually lost our OHL franchise here in North Bay for a while. Shout out North Bay Centennials. I'm repping them today. Um, yeah, we lost our team. They went to uh, Saginaw, uh, became the Saginaw Spirit. Um, so that was kind of tough because going into the draft year, you know, a lot of junior teams might take a flyer on a couple local kids, things like that. And I think it really affected the way scouting was in Northern Ontario at the time. You know, having lost uh, one of the Northern franchises, no one was really coming up this way to watch minor minor hockey. Um, so, yeah, then a couple weird years, I, I ended up not making midget AAA in my draft year and ended up going with, uh, you know, less younger guys or less underage players. Um, and that's when I quit. Um, you know, I'd spent the first summer I'd spent working out and training with 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 other players and things like that and um you know I just thought I'd put so much work in to not be rewarded I was kind of upset with it and just said you know what I'm going to try other things you know going into high school your friends are you know trying snowboarding or trying other things and I thought that that was maybe what I wanted to do um and then got an opportunity to play uh, I'd never been coached by my dad and uh, he got an opportunity to be an assistant coach with a double a program here in North Bay and it kind of rekindled my love for the game again you know being able to go to the rink every day with my dad he'd normally coach my younger brother's teams and so we got to kind of spend a little more time together and I was playing hockey with the guys from high school there was no pressure to be you know a triple-a kid I stopped thinking about the draft a little bit and just kind of kept doing my thing and yeah I ended up uh, getting a couple opportunities to come up and play with the triple-a club that had previously cut me and um that obviously wasn't um, my first choice. I was pretty bitter at first, but to go up and, and play with them. But, I, you know, I had a lot of confidence from getting a lot more responsibility, um, you know, playing in a double-A situation. But I think that's where I learned a lot, uh, one, about myself and about, uh, you know, the importance of being a, a, a leader and, um, you know, being part of a team, things like that. And I really uh, attest to all that stuff, like perseverance and, sticking with it things like that was just uh you know part of that experience not not being on that triple a hockey team but at the same time i also didn't get drafted and that was that was kind of tough but at the same time i'd, I'd stopped thinking about it because i you know i'd found that passion again for playing and took the pressure off myself little things like that and then things just kind of started to flourish the next year um you know they had big plans for me on that triple a team and i just got a i got an open invite to a junior a camp and got signed the first day so at 16 years old that was when i got the chance to move move away play some junior and um yeah it kind of took off within within a year i had i'd won rookie of the year in the junior league um and then started getting some serious offers from ohl clubs major junior clubs um and i just thought with the way things had gone with the draft process that I was going to go to school and I uh, had a lot of NCAA um, offers and visits and things like that and then uh, ended up getting invited to London to watch the Memorial Cup in 2005 and then that was what really swayed my decision because Moncton was was hosting the next year and ended up getting a chance to play for Ted Nolan in, in Moncton and they had built quite a crew there and uh, we're looking to win a championship and um, the previous years, uh, you know, I'd, I'd learned a lot about trying to become a leader and, and learning and 
you know, being a sponge and, you know, what it's like to, to be a rookie sometimes and just kind of listen and take everything in. Uh, and I was just one of those kids that at the time I'm, I'm thinking from day one, you know, if I think of when I got cut that one day, I shouldn't be here. And I just kind of kept playing like that where I just said, you know what, this is a lot better feeling than the feeling I felt when I was cut. And I just kind of kept riding that wave of, uh, you know, just progressing to the next thing. And I think I, I took a lot of steps all at a, at a quick pace. So, um, you know, I went from being cut from mid to AAA to the Memorial Cup final two years later. So pretty special experience. I think I learned a lot from it. And, um, yeah, so that's basically how that little minor hockey story went. And then things kind of took off into into pro. So if there's one thing I could tell any kids or parents out there listening, um, you know, don't put – it's great to, to, you know, think about the draft, but don't too much – put too much stock into what uh how things go at that age because uh, especially now with the digital age and the and youtube and things like that um you know if if you're good they'll find you they'll they'll see you play and uh no just stick with it that's just one of those things that um you know it goes a long way if you just uh, trust the process and i'm sure you know everybody here it's almost become cliche these days but as you, I'm sure you can attest to, and and myself, on any walk of life, it's uh, it's about sticking with the process, and uh, you know, just keep on going. That's that's basically it. So, yeah, now we're here. Yeah, well, no, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. And, and you know, I felt I was feeling a lot of the same things that back then was you know with wanting to quit and, and do all that. And it's, I mean, it's it's hard. The the mental part of the game is extremely difficult because you're if you're behind the eight ball up here, I mean, it doesn't matter how skilled you are. I mean, that was what the knock against me was that I was inconsistent. I'd have a breakout game and then I'd go to sleep for five or six games, right? And um, it, it's really hard. And I think you know, for me, not being drafted to the Western League and then going in and you know as a rookie and you're it's you're I I was feeling behind the eight ball like oh I'm not as good as these guys because I wasn't drafted and like I'm deserving to be on the third or fourth line or whatever. But, you know, I remember the first rounder, 87, he never even, he played like three games or something in the Western League and then just like quit hockey. So like, like what you said, like for anyone listening, do not give up. Like I was talking to a lot of these kids on the ice that I've been with because uh, I did get to skate with a couple of players this week and just talking to them about um, just, you know, I was asking a couple of them like, hey, were you drafted? Because they look good and they're like, no, right? And they can kind of look at I'm like, no, just don't worry, I'm telling them. So I think it's important for us to share that with these players of, of not getting drafted because I think a lot changes. It's a little bit different out here. You get drafted a year later, I think, out here, right? Yeah. Out uh, west, you get drafted at 14. Um, I think it's definitely better the way they do it out here. But sorry about the noise in the background. The audio feed will be better because I can my machine picks it up. But if you're watching on Facebook, uh, it will be uh, a little bit loud. But that's okay. That's it just adds to it. Um, but yeah, like you got to play with some amazing players, uh, Keith Yandel, and how about Brad Marchand? What was that like? Unreal. Um, you know, again, it's one of those things, uh, you know, things happen kind of quick, but it's been a pretty special ride as far as, you know, the, and that's like, you know, what hockey's all about. It's a, it's a small community, but it's crazy. You know, we had no prior communication with each other. We didn't know each other at all, but you know one little thing hey where are you from who'd you play oh you played here do you know this guy that's how it that's how it goes but again yeah I've, I've been really fortunate with with some of the guys I played with and and uh you know Keith Yandel like you said Brad Marchand I spent you know five 
five years with pretty much we played three years of junior and then both ended up in the boston organization and that's did you, what hey did you play with ned lukasevic yeah that was my yeah. line mate as a as a, like minor hockey we, we were all rookies together so me ned and brad we uh brad and i had come into i got traded from columbus to boston and signed my entry level with boston so we'd all started our our pro careers together so um yeah i mean i spent a lot of time with marshy and not surprised at how well he's doing nowadays you know he's a he's an elite nhl player and um no just just special i played a lot of guys that you know i couldn't even name them all if i tried just with how uh you know how many special people have come across playing this game and yeah so unreal i mean i, I can't even i can't even explain it enough how many how many good good players and people have I, i've got to play with and been lucky enough to play with let me ask you a question so where as far as you're concerned like how far off are you were you from making that next step like in your mind like now we're older right yep. so it's yep. that dream is probably over right yep. but we have to accept that but like looking back we, we it's not healthy to go but for like i i ask because for me it's like i didn't even watch hockey for years i we i mean i wasn't even playing but it's like you know i fought that guy beat him up i'm faster than that guy but then you think now and that I'm older, I'm like, okay, well, now I can realize that there's game, parts of my games that were missing or whatever. But was there anything that happened that maybe, because, I mean, you had good, really good numbers. And, like, you're right there. Um, you played, let me see here. You played how many games in the A? You played, like, almost. You played five years. Like, yeah. 268 yeah. games in the A. Um, and, you know, seeing guys get called up, is it hard? Yeah, I, I mean, at the same time, I think, well, one thing we talked about, Marshan and I, a lot of the guys coming in, we, our first year, we lost in the conference finals in six to the eventual champions, with, and we had 12 rookies. So we had a lot of guys just coming into pro, and that transition's tough. I'm sure you've seen that. Um, it was just one of those things. We got there, and we saw how doggy dog it was, and we were coming from a championship program that – put winning above all else and sometimes you get into a situation like that where you know there's money involved it's a professional sport um you know as much as we took it seriously at the same time you know we'd come from a, a program that didn't that expected to win and that was that was first and foremost so um you know it's just a, a kind of a different transition and for, for us like we were, I was always in my first year, especially like, I, again, I shouldn't be here to three years ago. I was, I was, I was playing double a hockey, you know what I mean? And then two years after that, I'm drafted the NHL. And then my 18, 19 year old year, I'm scoring 40 goals. I don't know. Or like, it was just one of those things where I got put into a role. And then at the time, you know, you're transitioning, transitioning into pro now. Now it's a whole, there's money involved. There's a lot of different intangibles, things like that. So I think it, it was the transition that was a bit tough for me. I wasn't sure. And again, and again, I was just trying to be, you know, a good team guy, learn a lot of things. At the same time, the one thing with me that was always, I didn't find it tough. I found it useful now, like that I'm still playing. I find it's it's been a big benefit to me is just my, uh, you know, different roles I could play. So, you know, when I came into to junior, we needed we needed fourth line guys, so I said, okay, I'll play. I don't, again, I shouldn't be here. I'll just play fourth line. Yeah, I'll just go hit, fight, do what I got to do. And then coming into pro is the same thing. You know, you score eighty plus goals in a couple of years, and then I came in and 
might have struggled a bit with my role or what they wanted me to do a little bit and um yeah it's just a different different transition and it's tough like i mean as much as you want to be the guy that gets called up you're you're really happy for guys but again like you said uh i fought this guy you know there's guys that you played with or against in junior that you know weren't your caliber then but that just goes to show you too like when we talked about like not giving up it's just one of those things and and you know the nhl is a lot about opportunity and um you know when you watch some ahl games you watch things like that it's not a big it's not a big difference there and and the way guys play hockey in in the ahl is everybody's trying to do the right thing to get called up so that makes it really hard to score goals it makes it really hard to you know even win a fight like everybody thinks that every time they do something it's so so magnifying they think everybody's watching are you the next guy to get called up etc so i don't know it was just one of those things where um yeah I, i'd played a bunch of different roles i thought i played them pretty well um you know i could be an offensive guy if you needed me to do that i could be I, i'm sorry I, looking at i thought you were a demon i didn't know and then i looked <laughs> at your stats i'm like 40 and 4 what so i had the youtube and i'm watching you and like you skate well you shoot you you look like jamie ben kind of honestly that's what you remind me of that's the, like the type of player you remind me of right like honestly he's big skate shoot and i'm like so to me like last night i was like looking at this i'm like like you know like you're always like how many times you're captain of your team assistant i never got to wear a letter like i was just i had the wrong attitudes all the time right and looking back now i wish i could go back and change that but like at what point in time did you make that decision to go over to Europe? Because was that hard? Yeah, it was. It was tough because I'd spent. Uh, it was weird the way things kind of happened for me at certain points were almost like terrible luck. Like if even if you look back at, like the Centennials leaving North Bay like a year before I was drafted, and then little things like that. But then once once I turned pro, you know I, w- I was involved, not involved, but. Um, you know, there was a couple lockouts in there as well. So that kind of throws things off. Like we, a few of us, you know, we won a championship in Florida on the coast with Rudy. Um, and you know, we had a lot of guys that had some excellent playoffs. A lot of guys that were getting a lot of attention from NHL teams, AHL teams, a lot of guys that ended up playing the NHL after winning that cup. And it's an ongoing joke between the boys on that team that the only two that got called up the next year were the trainer and the athletic therapist. And they're both, they've both been in the show ever since. But uh, it was just one of those things that the following year was a lockout year, right? So everything was a bit tough. You couldn't find a deal. The trickle-down effect makes it a little bit harder. Um, and then coming out of those lockouts, there were some new rules and stuff put in place with the vet rule. So I went back to Florida after we'd won, and I, you know, I loved it there felt comfortable there everybody you know there was great organization put a lot of emphasis on winning and it wasn't about who you were or where you played it was you know you play for the badge and you know the best player is going to play so it was one of those things I was in a good situation so I stayed there during the lockout when the lockout ended I got a chance to go I got called up to Charlotte who was the affiliate Carolinas was affiliated with Florida at the time and I saw it as a new lease on life a little bit I thought not that I thought I'd wasted my entry level years but it was like you know we had a big run as a rookie you only get three years so you figure you got to do things fast like you gotta kind of fast track the streamline the process a little bit um and then my second year things weren't going the way i'd i'd kind of planned uh the coach and i didn't see eye to eye there was some stuff there and the gm peter shirelli who honestly gave me a shot 
I, I, I owe him a lot for my pro career because even after I won rookie of the year as a, as a junior A player, he brought me into the Ottawa Senators camp at 17. So that was the other thing before I even got drafted, I'd been to an NHL camp just turning 18 out of junior A. So again, I didn't place a lot of expectations on myself. You know, I was happy to be there um, and had a really good camp. So I think that gave me confidence going back to junior, that kind of stuff, like kind of snowballed a little bit. So yeah, just, uh, these little things just kept kind of happening. And then when I, I, Shirelli called me and just said, Hey, like, is, is, are you happy here? Or do you want me to move you? And the deadline was coming up. And I just said, you know what? I'm a year and a half into my deal. I only have half a year left. I want more responsibility. I want to, you know, get an opportunity. And I feel like it might be best elsewhere. And he was very good with my wishes. Went, got traded Edmonton at the time. Things weren't going really well in Edmonton. I'd gone there. They were, I think, 25 games out of the playoffs in January for Springfield. Um, just a tough spot to be in. And then I was approached to, hey, do you want to go down to Stockton in the coast and play in the playoffs? It'll look good on you if you go do well there. And I said, absolutely. I just want to keep playing hockey. California sounds nice. Sure. And ended up going on a long run there. Lost. Did you play with Garrett Hunt? Yes, I did. Oh Wild man. Love that guy. And Trevor, his brother. Oh, yeah, Trevor. So, uh, no, we had a great playoff. We had a great team, ended up losing in seven in the conference finals. So I had some deep, deep playoff runs and love playoff hockey. I, you know, I'd won championship in junior, so I knew I really wanted to do, you know, I, I loved going deep into the playoffs. Um, and then, yeah, that, that summer, everyone in Edmonton got fired. So it was just one of those things. I was coming into the organization. Yeah. Um, you know, you want someone to kind of push, no, yeah, push no, for you. Yeah, right? yeah. So the next year, I get into the – I go, it's the last year of my entry level. I'm going to Edmonton. It's a team that didn't do very well last year. Bit short on size, bit short on scoring. I'm going to have a breakout year. I trained like a bastard. I showed up jacked. The most yeah. – the best shape I'd ever been in. I had a, an unreal camp. The first the first day, I'd, I'd had a – an awesome practice scrimmage had a couple goals in the inner squad um and then i was left off i was left off the i thought for sure i was gonna get an exhibition game and i got left off the the roster and the next day i got called into the to the office and i was just told like hey uh, you're gonna go down to oak city um there was nine of us i think that got sent down the first round of cuts after like five days and i, and I just went like what's going on they just said like sorry like the whole staff here, the whole staff here is is a whole new staff. Uh, nobody really knew you. We thought because you ended the year in the coast last year, you'd make the decision pretty easy for us. And I just said, well, I was told, <laughs> I was instructed to go to Stockton and you know play well because things weren't happening in Springfield and they you know they had a tough team. They're going to look at some college guys. And I just said, yeah, anything you guys need me to do. And that's kind of how I played my whole career was yeah. just whatever you need me to do trusting just... the coaches and trusting the staff absolutely trusting well, the coaches trusting the staff is 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 you know and i think as players we don't ask these questions on enough yeah there's not that communication with i was always scared of my coaches and so yeah. now now if i was going back to play i would just go and talk to these guys well, that's what's great about now playing pro well, you're at, a player coach you're reggie dunlop by the exactly. way you're reggie dunlop exactly. over in england well that's what kind of helped me out more is like as you get older it's not that you stop giving a shit but it's like you you just say like hey like you know what i'm gonna st essentially stick up for yourself but let's now now as you like if hindsight's 2020 if i'd have known that when i was younger i might have communicated a little more but like you said 
the 87 our age groups a bit of the last of the old school um and it's one of those things where like hey you listen to your coaches you you don't you know you don't talk back you you do this you do that and not that I, I talk back now, but I mean, now it's more of a communication age where I feel comfortable like going to a coach or GM and then just saying like, hey, where do I stand and what, what do you need me to do? What do you expect? And then, you know, I think they, they have a little more respect for you and know kind of what you're about. And, and yeah, I think just when I was, when I was younger, it was just one of those things where, where do you need me? What do you need me to do? Which I'm still happy to do with like today, but it was just one of those things where I kind of... Not I sold myself short, but I think uh, in a way I just kind of maybe conformed a bit and just did did things uh, the way I thought other people yeah. wanted me to do them in a way. Um, yeah, just just one of those things. But again, I, I'm I'm thankful for it because you know today I feel like uh, I'm in a good place as far as you know being able to read read the situation and be you know uh, versatile. I think in, in in not only hockey but in life and. Like you mentioned, being a player coach now, I think my game's evolved even more because you don't want to be a hypocrite either. If you're going to be a guy that's going to tell, you know, a young guy to block a shot or, you know, get that puck out, you better be doing it too. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, that's an experience we could talk about too, Absolutely. but uh, especially because, you know, every hockey guy knows about slap shot and the player coach tag's a bit funny and you don't see it very much anymore. But no, You do just, hear about it over there quite a yeah, bit though, well, right? Yeah, that's, well, that's honestly, it's been a great, tool i think for recruiting things like that too and you know guys want to stay in the game like myself my my ideal situation is to is to coach when i'm done playing and and um it's just one of those things where you get a bit of a head start on it but at the same time you get to slowly transition into it or like i said it really helped my game because you're helping these kids right i'm an older guy now so i'm the, I'm the older guy in the room and i'm i'm giving advice and it, it doesn't make it any different from you know being a captain or, yeah. or a leader or a, a veteran guy but you know you place a little more emphasis on it because you know i want to i want to be a coach i want to be a good coach and, yeah. and it only helps on the resume so that that's what's been great about uh, the the UK league. I've had so much fun there it's such a good league i heard that it's got the most it's got 14 imports so you basically have you know, um, a North American team, um, you know, so it's been a great experience and they, they use that well where, uh, and I was lucky enough to go over there and get my master's degree. So they, they have these little things that can entice people, especially at that age. I was 29. I was still playing, you know, on the coast and I had a good setup in Florida. Things were great, but you know, I just wanted to challenge myself a little more saying like, you know, hockey's been really great to me. I've got, you know, everything in my life I owe, I owe to hockey and, um, just one of those things where I got an opportunity to go overseas and they said, well, you know, we have a sports management program um, that we'd like to offer to you. Um, and I just saw it as like, how could I turn this down? I was turning 30 years old. I still got the chance to play pro hockey. Um, you know, going back to, you know, hadn't been to school in 11 years. It was a bit scary, but at the same time, like, as you know, like, you know, you, you get older and in the first couple of years you, you play in the league, you're, you're talking, you're looking over at the older guys reading the paper, doing a crossword, and you're like, when, do, what age do I start doing that stuff? You know what I mean? But started one of those things where, you know, knowledge is power, information, you know, things like that started to pique my interest a little yeah. bit. Maybe when I was younger, it was, you know, I wanted to, you know, play hockey and live the life and do that stuff. And then this opportunity came to, you know, go over, be a, be a student and, and play pro hockey, make some money and see the world a little bit. And I was just a one-year plan. I thought I was just going to go there, get my school and come home. And then, 
you know, I fell in love with, with uh, the area, the culture, the game, the fans over there are insane. It's awesome. Like the atmosphere, you can't beat it. The teams are all competitive. Um, you know, it's, it's good money, uh, good people. Um, can't say enough good things about it. And then again, another opportunity was to, to be a player coach. And, um, that's, that's another tool that they use to try and entice guys to come over. Um, you know, if guys aren't, some guys might not be school guys and might not interest them. But if you say, Hey, you come over here and be a player assistant coach, get something on your resume other than just playing. Um, and if you're looking to transition, I mean, it's, it's experience. So, um, yeah, the last two years of you know, player coach in, in, in Dundee, Scotland. And I agree. Oh, yeah. It's, it's in Scotland. I thought yeah, it was in England. You're yeah, in Scotland. No, That's it's amazing. all of the UK. There's, there's a team in Wales. There's teams on mainland England. Then there's, uh, um, Belfast Giants in Northern yeah, Ireland. Yeah, I know my buddy Daryl Lloyd played there yep. for a bit. Yeah, right? I don't know time. if he would have played him. Uh, all, no, no, no I don't think I played against him. But. Here. but, um, what, uh, like, what's the schedule like? You playing on weekends, or do they give you a house and a car? What are they, yeah, what's, yeah, what's the they give you they give you an apartment and a car. Uh, you drive on the left hand side of the road. It's pretty pretty freaky the first first few times, but you get the hang of it. Um, yeah, so it's I'd say, although I didn't experience, I, I I've heard it's very comparable to like a college schedule, uh, minus the crazy workouts I'm sure they do during the week. But uh, uh, no, it's it's actually it, it's good. We uh, you practice during the week. Um, usually you get like a Monday off because you play you play Saturday Sundays. Uh, you'll get the odd Friday Saturday Sunday, and then the the um, the Christmas schedule is pretty wild because they figure everybody's home for Christmas. That's when they. Is the opposite of over here when you get a bit of a Christmas break. It, yeah. it actually ramps up over there over Christmas. You guys do other tournaments and stuff. Do yeah, there's the like year, three right? different parts of the league, and it's it's just like it's like a soccer setup. Uh, so uh, if you win the regular season, you win it all. So like, there's more emphasis on that than the playoffs, which is wild. Really? Yeah, and then they have a thing called Challenge Cup, which would be like it's almost like the Europa Cup in soccer. It's just like an inner league tournament but it's like a third title. So there's three titles that are up for grabs over the course of the year, which makes it pretty fun and keeps all the games, you know, they, they mean something. They, they, they all hold some value. So, yeah, interesting setup, a little bit different, but, again, nice. And, and at, at my age, I think the, the schedule, how the travel's tough. But, I mean, the furthest game's probably eight hours, which isn't bus? too bad. Yeah, bus. Um, some teams will fly, depending on where they are. Like, I mean, Belfast has no choice. They're going to have to fly everywhere, but uh, – no, good experience, great league, great hockey. Like the level is is awesome because there's no there's no like that's the thing that's kind of tough in, in the coaster in the A that you know you get the the vet rule. Yeah. So only got you know your career's kind of limited unless you find a spot, you yeah. know where you're yeah. you're you're. And really, the money's not that good. I mean, in the A, it is if you're established, you can be yeah. making six yeah. figures. Yeah. But I mean, realistically the money you're probably better off going to europe no oh yeah for sure um, especially if you're in the coast i mean let's be honest if you're yeah. if you're on an east coast deal you're 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 barely surviving yeah it's it's tough and i like, mean maybe not at, if you're 30 you probably make a thousand twelve hundred bucks a week on the on the books maybe but yeah. who knows what they like actually do but it's it's tough it's tough but uh yeah i mean in europe like you get a bit of a lighter schedule as well you know what i mean there's no how many games uh last year was 60. Oh, that's not bad. We had a playing, good number. Yeah. We played fifty four, but I think before the season ended or whatever, before they called the season. But yeah, it's a little bit lighter game. Like, obviously, the and and to make the league work, everybody needs a home game per week. So if you play at home on Saturday, you're on the road Sunday. 
if you play at if you play on the road Saturday, you're coming home on Sunday. But oh, that okay, that's yeah. it. So I mean, uh, it's, practice at night or during the day? Not during the day. There's okay. some places I think I'm not sure in that. Like, when I played in Germany for a year, we practiced that night, and I hated it. I couldn't yeah. do that schedule. I heard it's brutal over the workouts and stuff. Some of them. Some of them. Our our team wasn't. Uh, again, we talked about some of the bad timing stories in my career. Like, I went to a club at the time where they weren't sure whether they were going to stick around and. They had a, a city council vote on whether they were going to have a new arena built, and that depended on how the vote went, That what the sponsors were going to do. So some sponsors were backing out, and this was going back to my story on how I ended up going to Europe. So I had just found out that I'd went three games over on becoming a vet on how the thing changed. So I'd, I'd played with Charlotte. Again, I, I got called up, spent two years there. It was awesome two years, um, you know, playing for people like, you know, uh, Ron Francis was the GM there, and they were really involved with the Charlotte Checkers, their AHL team. Jeff Daniels, one of the best coaches I've played for, and he's assistant coach in Carolina right now. Um, was Dean Chenault there at all? Because he's in Carolina no, now, too. No, he wasn't there at the time. Okay. And then uh, Brindamore was just starting. As They had all these guys that won the Cup in 2006 with them that were in the player development yeah. role. Now we got Chris Corey Stillman. Sorry, he's coach of the Sudbury Wolves here. Okay, I didn't know uh, that. But yeah. he was player development. So Charlotte's really close to Raleigh in Carolina, and they were yeah. down all the time, you know, doing stuff with us at the end of practice. That's and awesome. I'd kind of become – I was in that – kind of middle phase where I wasn't a rookie well I spent five years in the league but I still was I played I played all those games before I turned 25 26 so like I'd, I'd had that experience but I was still not an old especially now that college guys are showing up at 24 yeah and they're I'm a year older but I've played six years before yeah, they have. Yeah, so yeah. um that was a great experience and then found out they had every intention on bringing me back I was I kind of just become like the glue guy the fourth line guy that kind of raw rod make sure they're they're their prize ponies were, you know, having fun and comfortable. And, yeah. and, you know, like I'd become kind of a bit of a mentor as far as just like, you know, keeping guys' spirits up, being the... And just leading, showing them how to be a pro, yeah, right? Be, and being a bit of a jester, you know, and like yeah. not like, you know, don't don't take it too serious. Don't worry about it. Let's have some fun. We're, you know, we're playing hockey. We're getting paid to play hockey. Let's, let's enjoy it. We're in a great city. Let's yeah. go out and have some dinners and whatever. Yeah. And they told me they had every intention of bringing me back and... So I was excited. I'd, I'd, I'd turned down some offers in Sweden and Finland and some big-time European hockey. And um, then August 1st rolled around. I said, well, you know, we got to get going here because, you know, and a bunch of the vets had, had signed elsewhere on July 1. So we had no vet spots filled. And then they got filled up pretty quick. And then Chad LaRose came out of retirement. And they told him he could have a spot in Charlotte. And then so last minute, I was left with nothing. And the only spot was on a second-tier junior or second team second tier german team how was that it was it was good i love the culture germany's awesome what about the hockey though uh, the hockey's great that league's really good it's a very very good league but again i just went to the wrong spot at the wrong time they were in a bit of bit of shambles with how it was gonna go and by christmas the other three imports had left i was kind of by myself and didn't know what to do and then they basically said like shit hit the fan here like you're free to go like didn't give me any grief and said like if you if you want to leave, it's all good, and ended up calling my coach in Florida and going right back to Florida. So it was a weird first experience, and it was <laughs> tough kind of finding things in in that part of Europe after yeah. that, just because the season didn't go great for anybody, let alone trying to get points on a team that you know lost sixteen straight and you know didn't have uh, didn't have much to work with. So, but again, it's an experience. You learn from it. You take things from it, and 
that's one thing is as, as bad as some experiences were, I still will say the positives first, like every yep. time, because yep. I had a great time and the people in Germany were awesome. Fans were nuts. It was great atmosphere. Um, you know, the, the, I was living in the South of Bavaria was, which was, nice. I was in the Alps, like in the mountains and lived in a nice little spot. And it was a great place to be. Unfortunately, the hockey stuff didn't work out, but took a lot of positives from it. And it was an experience. Got to see some, some cool places in the world. So, wasn't all that bad. So is your plan if everything goes back to go back to the IHL then or to Dundee or? Uh, not sure. No, I don't think. Uh, I, I'm really Somewhere not sure. Somewhere over there though. I don't know. I really don't. Everything's so up in the air right now. Yeah. Um, you know, given everybody's kind of waiting around to see what these start dates are going to be for leagues. I know the the English league is one of the, they were one of the first to say they were going to start in December. And even that, I think, is up in the air because I think things are still pretty bad there. I mean, it's such a densely populated area with people with not a lot of yeah. landmass. So if there's a breakout somewhere, it'll, it'll catch yeah. on pretty quick. So, And that's kind of how lucky we were when we got out of there. Right after we'd left, there was a crazy outbreak, and it goes oh, yeah. from, from tip to tip pretty quick there because I think, um, you know, in all of the U.K., I think is the size of maybe New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. Maybe like the entire, yeah, the, the entire UK. Yeah, people don't realize how small it is, right? It's, it's very small. So, yeah, uh, really not sure what's next. So I'm just again, I'm just trying to uh, stay ready. Uh, really happy that I was able to do my my hockey school is something I really love doing when I come home in the summer. And how long you been doing that? Uh, we've been doing it. It's it's actually the camp I went to as a kid. It used to be called Euro Camp, and oh, then yeah. it got kind of passed down to a buddy of mine I grew up playing hockey with. And I worked with him on it for maybe 10 years. And then he's a sports psych doctor in, in, in Toronto. Uh, he's actually the one I did okay, that, that yeah, podcast yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, Cassidy Preston. Um, Dr. Cassidy Preston, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So uh, then he, you know, he's got a couple kids now. Uh, his family lives in, in Toronto. So he's doing all that stuff there. So he likes to come home and visit, but not necessarily put together a whole camp. And I just said, hey, now I leave a little bit later than I used to, um, yeah. you know, in, into August. So I love doing the camps. We got great kids and great parents. And this is a great place to be in the summer. It's yeah. beautiful. And, uh, you know, really felt for the, the parents and kids not being able to do much for the last four months. And we had to cancel twice. But then luckily, uh, the staff at uh, North Bay Memorial Gardens were able to put some stuff together and kind of spread the ice around for everybody to get their, their camps in order and, in, in, you know, quick quick time and yeah. we didn't have a lot of notice to start we'd made a lot of plans they kind of fell through we had to cancel this that and the other and ended up being able to you know put together good camps and the, we were just happy to that the parents and the kids had a, had a great time and we had so much fun out there with them and it's great to be back on the ice i mean is that the first time you've been on the ice in a while too or have you been skating uh no i haven't been skating at all like i haven't done any skating other than i went down to toronto with well one of my instructors ben godro is a seventh overall pick to the sarnia sting okay. the goalie yeah um so i went to toronto once with his goaltending coach just to give him some shots and that was the only time i'd been on the ice since 10th of March 12th of March yeah so um yeah it's the only time I've really put my skates on consistently so the last two weeks we've had our skates on doing the kids camps but uh hopefully things start ramping up here you get get a little bit more information on when seasons are going to start make yeah. a decision on where I'm going to go you're 100% going to play though that's my plan yeah I mean yeah. if I mean if the season gets cancelled I don't know if I could restart again at 34, but we'll see. I think you could, man. I, I would love to. I, you know what? And people, you know, why are you still playing? Why I, I love it. I yeah, love it just you? as much as the kids that come to my hockey school. I still love it. I love, uh, 
you know, how my roles kind of evolved. I, I like being the older guy and, and, you know, you know, sharing some experiences with the younger guys, yeah. helping out, being a mentor. I really love it. And I think it'll only help me, um, in the, in the future transitioning yeah. into coaching, things like that, just because, I mean, you've seen it, like it's a completely different era from when, oh my God. like I said, we, we were maybe the, the last of the old school in terms of, you know, the way things go. And then you see like, not that it's a bad thing, it's just things are changing, but you could share yours, your experiences and kind of coming into coaching now, seeing what I've seen like over the last couple of years, you know, how guys come in as 20 year olds, yeah. the kind of, it, it's changed. You know what I mean? Like we said, we, you, timid or tentative to go talk to a coach or gm and now you know communication goes a long way you know there wasn't there wasn't yeah information like this on mental health and you don't know what's going on behind yeah you behind would just a, everyone yeah. would just i would just keep it in because it's like i gotta shut up and just be yeah, a hockey player exactly. i can't i can't bring this shit to the rink i gotta be like why am i feeling this way i can't feel i gotta be strong i'm a hockey player you know and, and you just try to and then i just for me i just I just erupted, man. Exactly. I just lost it, bro. I quit multiple times, and I even quit the Western Hockey League at 18 years old, man. Like I quit seven after I was rookie of the year for the Swift Current Broncos. I I quit as an 18 year old year, uh, seven games in. And they traded for Ned Vicasek. Yeah. Like, we we're playing on the same line. We played on the same line together. Minor hockey is a year older than us, right? Yeah. Well, he. Yeah, they traded for him. He had five goals in his first game in Swift Current. I'm not even kidding. He went through everybody five doesn't, times. Doesn't surprise me, that guy. But then shut it down for like the rest of the year, I think. <laughs> Sorry, Neddy, if Ned. you're watching. But, Love Ned. What's yeah. up, Ned? I <laughs> uh, got to get him on. I haven't talked to him for a while. He said he was coming on, but, uh, you know, and, and ended up quitting. So it's, you know, I, I really feel like, you know, getting in there and being a mentor is so important to these kids like I, I wish I had somebody to lean on a little bit more mm-hmm. like yeah my dad was really supportive but I mean that's that's a dad right yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. you can Especially have somebody that's that a age. player exactly. like you know what I mean like if I was like exactly. Liam Arnsby and I had you or myself to to talk to you off the ice or whatever like yeah, that goes a long way like I didn't know what it was to be a pro I didn't know what it was to to be anything like going into the Western Hockey League or like the Q at, at that age like you don't really even know how to act right yeah. or you don't you're being thrown in these situations and then I remember going to like pro and stuff it's like yeah you sort of know but it's man I was just yeah. like I was so anxious to be at the ring all the time I just sure. wanted to get the hell out it's of there it's like a black honest. cloud like coming into the rink especially if things aren't going well and you're yeah. wondering what people are thinking and you don't oh. know and like you can't play hockey like that sometimes no. you know what I mean I was four fortunate though like like we were saying like in junior having a guy like ted nolan oh, in your yeah. corner uh you know a guy that has you know been everywhere seen everything kind of thing you know he dealt with a lot of stuff when he he yeah. was a kid and growing up through his career i'm sure you know like even when i played with him there was a lot of you know racial stuff then yeah you know yeah there was a one night it was was crazy we were playing in shakutami and I don't know if it started to get ugly. There was some hits, fights, and things like that. And then um, uh, Ted kind of lost it a little bit. Just I don't know if he was complaining about a call or just kind of sticking up for one of us that got blindsided yeah. or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they started with you know the, the the native chants and the doing the tomahawk in the stands, the whole wow. crowd, and it was it was a nasty thing. And I'd never been a part of anything like that, and I was a rookie. And but you know, just having a guy that had He'd just sit and talk to you. He literally, That's so of cool, all the man. things I did to pick, that was honestly the most I've like cried or been upset was deciding whether to go NCAA or OHL or or the Q or whatever. It's such a big decision. And that's yeah. There's looking back, like there's, it is a big decision it's huge though, isn't at it? At the time, like I had nothing. I had these. You know, you're thinking about your parents. Like oh, I can get an education for free. They don't have to worry about that. And then it's like I want to 
be a hockey they want to be a student or a hockey player but now that it's it's great that they've kind of now that you got every opportunity if you go to college to still become a pro and play play in the NHL but it was such a brutal time where I was this big decision and I you know I cried a lot and I was really upset and I didn't know what to do and I wanted to you want to make the right decision and when you have so many options it's scary because and you you're just a kid, right. and I was a kid. kid. I, was, I didn't even turn. I was turning eighteen, so it was like a crazy time. Um, but anyways, like of all these, of all these, like visits I'd done to see these teams, and what are you gonna say? These these people are laying everything out for you, and you're yeah. saying like, how do I make a decision? Like I, I went here, it was unbelievable. They, you know, this team brought me out to watch the Mem Cup as part of, as their guests. I was in the dressing room when they're doing the pump-up talk to go play Crosby and Ramuski. Like, That's cool, yeah. Well, how do I make this yeah. decision? And then Ted Nolan said, hey, will you and your dad drive to Sudbury? I live in Sault Ste. Marie. We'll just sit at Tim Hortons and have a coffee. We sat there and we chatted for, I, I can't even tell you how long. <laughs> but it was just one of those things. It was like you were, you were talking to your old man. Like, he... he completely understand you look at his resume you know one nhl coach of the year nhl yeah. coach of the year sitting Jack across Adams, yeah. sitting across from me and my dad at tim hortons in Sudbury, yeah talking hockey and say hey and, and two years before this you were where i was playing double a hockey exactly. here in town so yeah. it's one of those things where that went a long way with me resonated with me and now that i'm kind of older and going into coaching now like you hear some coaches say like before you know you're 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 a leader of men you're uh you know my way or the highway or you know this is how it's done which isn't a bad thing and that's how a lot of us were coached but now you know you hear guys like you know ken hitchcock that's been around so even tortorella now he is so good at finding ways to motivate people you're 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 coaching 20 different teams because every guy will respond a little bit different but you're not going to know that unless you spend time and talk and get to know these people because yeah. at the end of the day they're all people and people kind of right. respond differently people react differently you know if i do something and i get chewed out for it you know i'm harder on myself than you could ever be but yeah. at the same time it's i know you know yeah ted nolan or the old man gives me a kick in the arse and says hey snap yeah. out of it yeah i'm good with that yeah but there's some people you don't know how they grew up you don't know how that's right. You know what I mean? And, and they might not react to things like that. So the way I've, I've continued to play, you know, I'm just trying to really learn. You learn about people. You learn about, you know, being a teammate, being a mentor, being a – but it goes a long way, like, because a lot of those relationships are built away from the rink or in the dressing room, but they really translate onto the ice. And, like, that's why I've been a, so lucky, so blessed to be part of these championship teams. But when you compare a championship team to a good team or a high-skilled team or a – the difference is off the ice. Yeah, but 100%. it translates so much. Like when we won in Florida, it was just one of those things. Like I looked over, okay, I know this guy's doing his job. I better do mine. But it, like that's what everybody's. But it, there was no pressure on it. It wasn't like oh shit, I got to do this or or we're gonna lose. But it was like you know what, I'm doing it because this guy's gonna do it, and that guy's gonna do it, and that guy's. Gonna, but it was like we were all just. Happy every day we came to the rink. We we're so happy to be there. Everybody was great friends. I mean, if you t- you ask Rudy, Rudy will tell you that in a second. It's probably the closest yeah. team he's ever yeah. been on. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's 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 coming on. It'll be ten years wow. in, in a couple of years, and that which is wild. And I'm yeah. fortunate to keep playing. But 
um yeah it's just it's been again that long, eh? yeah i remember that like i remember him having the trophy back in Ladner yep. at his house and yeah and that was a big one for dave because his dad passed away and his dad yep. his name is kelly yep. right and that's a kelly yep. cup so that was a that was a huge huge one for him but he man that guy won everything every two whl championships a mem cup first started the coast and then he went over in your and right yep. did you play with him over there no played against, played against him, him? played he, against him yeah pretty sick hands oh, eh? he's gross yeah he's got great hands for a little guy too like you know he's great. he doesn't get like smoked he doesn't get like yeah. he just smart smart player great disher really yeah. like playing you just had to be open you yeah. put it on any but he was a good scorer yeah. too like yeah. he would go short side bonk every time oh, he yeah. could yeah. yeah no he's a really good player um yeah yeah, he's a different character though, eh? Hey, Rudy, if you're <laughs> he's watching, different, right? but he's a good guy. Yeah, no, he's a good I, guy, honestly, and again, you can't yeah. fault, you can't deny his resume. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, won you look at that thing, he's, he's got, won he's won got a ring he, for oh, every He finger. also won the BCHL championship yeah, that's right. too. So you know, it's really crazy. I never won anything. Um, what about injuries? What about injuries for you? How's your career been with injuries? Uh, again, very lucky. Concussions. Uh, a couple. Nothing. Fighting or hits? Ah, uh, hits. Never fights, right? No. Is no, that, is that a common story for you? Like, I know, I mean, listen, I know guys get concussions from fighting, but what's your take on the whole emphasis with no fighting in the game of hockey today? Like, well, all- actually, my thesis, my dissertation was was on that. I wrote a 14,000. You should fight or you shouldn't fight? I, I did a, I did a uh, 87 page, 14,000 word dissertation on consumer behavior and the influence of fighting in the eihl where i was okay yeah so the way it works is to do a research paper like you got to obviously do your samples and your you got to do research and so they said if we could get if you're going to do a survey yeah we'd like you to get maybe 10 to 30 people to make it you know legit yeah and lucky enough with that league it's such a social media league i put that out and i had something like i think i had a sample size of maybe 7,700 people that wow. that took it, right? Over the whole league. So my survey was basically saying things like, you know, do you come to the game for goals? Yes. Do you come to the game? But on a Likert scale, so one to yeah. five, you yeah. know, what, where do you value these things? And just the influence of hockey on the game. And do you think, you know, it's just little questions like, do you think it belongs? Yeah. And it was an overwhelming, and you obviously make your own. Yeah. Uh, theory and assumption of what you think is going to happen and for sure I said like you know I, I'm a bigger guy I like their rough and tumble stuff yeah. like not that I was a, like a fighter by any means yeah. but when it was time and yeah. I thought someone took it's a part liberty of the game, right? yeah, yeah like I, I'd like to be on the ice to score I thought my of myself as more of a goal scorer but at the same time like you know I had a few years where I had like I think 10 10 scraps 10 12 scraps a year yeah um but for good reason, never really yeah. like stage stuff. But yeah. I like to play the game hard, and I've been yeah. like I'm, uh, I'm a hitter. That's been my kind of identity is just kind of aggressive and make my own room out there. And so I think like I love the way these playoffs are being played because like there's awesome, like a fight every it? night, and it's, it's you haven't great, seen that, and I can't even tell you how long. I knew those two were going to do watch Zach McHugh. I knew oh, those yeah. two were going to go around and these guys awesome. fight. And it's it wasn't been, a great fight, awesome, but still, and there's nothing wrong going. with that. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It, it's dangerous. If it comes, if you take that out and you look at some of the headshots or the questionable headshots now, if you don't have to respond to that, it's yeah. going to be. And we talk like, er, like the hot topic issue for a while now has been head injuries and head trauma, and 
the game's happening so fast That's and i wouldn't even is. i wouldn't even put it past like there's a lot of guys that play real honest like yeah. again like a guy like kachuk like he's yeah. everybody's talking about him he's noticeable he does things that's and how i played he flirts with the line cross it marchand things like that that's more like what i was so like <laughs> you get a, you know marchand is not like a malicious guy and would never like i don't think he would be the type that's like i'm gonna go i'm gonna bury you in the head but a player like that where it's like you could take liberties because you know you don't have to answer for it. and marshy's tough as shit he's a yeah. tough oh, yeah. bastard and he'll fight yeah. and he knows he can handle himself yeah he's been one of those guys but then there's guys that wouldn't be able to handle That's themselves right. and you know i just find it it's a, too dangerous with especially what we know now about head trauma like and everybody knows what we sign up for yeah if, if you're gonna lay me out center ice you know, and you hit me in the in the heart, and, yeah. and I get a concussion. Hey, uh, man, yeah. hitting's a skill. Yeah, and a lot of the times they're not putting the onus or anything on the guy getting hit. That's like right. you gotta keep yeah. your head up. Like, 100%. you know, that's just the way I see it. Yeah, because again, like I think hitting's a skill. It's hard to be a good hitter because Absolutely. the way I've the never, game's I was played, never a good hitter. Like no. the way the game's played now. Everyone's so fast and everyone's freaks of nature. Like that is why there's so many concussions. They need to bring in the two line pass or bring well, in hooking a little bit. Something just guys to slow are these huge. guys down, right? And like, even when we were kind of transitioning into pro, that's when like the fitness part come up. Now these kids are freaks coming in. Like you got kids like like Eichel came in as first overall or second overall yeah. pick, and this guy like squats like eight hundred pounds. Yeah, and he like. He's like, 18, 19 he's like a freak old. athlete, but yeah. like, and he's he's six three, but he's one of the fastest skaters in the league. If that mm-hmm. guy hits you, yeah, that's gonna hurt. Hundred percent. That's gonna but rattle your brain. Again, like I was saying though, like that's that's part of the game. Everybody knows that's what it is, but I think they're at a place now. Like I I, I just don't see, and you know, everybody that's getting into a fight, nobody's leaving hurt. If you hurt, I've hurt my shoulder more in a fight yeah. than I've ever hurt my or hands, face. Right? Yeah, your yeah. hands, your yeah. face. So coming back full circle here, <laughs> holy shit, <Yeah. laughs> my um, hands are bad. Coming back full circle to the start of that question, like yeah, I've had some some injuries, but mostly like um, I've been really lucky with a lot of stuff though. But uh, you know, had some just the, the minor hockey stuff, you know, like shoulder stuff, um, fingers, toes, block shots, broken feet. Things like that, but uh, been pretty lucky. Had a couple little bell ringers there, but I've uh, been fortunate, and that's why I again I still want to play because I still feel good, and I want to go to the wheels fall off. Not anything like too bad, but you know I had a lot of buddies that I played with that that have stopped and just say like, man, do it as long as you can, do it as long as you can, and yeah, and that's what I want to do. Again, like I said, I, I'm still having so much fun with it. I like seeing kind of the evolution of the game and and the players and. You know, joking around with the young guys and giving them, giving them heck, but at the same time getting to know them, <laughs> yeah, getting to know yeah. the game because I feel like, and that's at the pro level. So at the junior level, it's even more a little bit, you know, not I don't want to say softer, but it's just a different era than what we were used to yeah, as far as co- like us coming into pro is yeah. probably a lot different than these kids coming into pro and yeah. just the way the game has changed. And but I, I don't mind it too. Like these, they're good kids. They're good. You know, I've, I've never had any bad experiences with anybody, but you know, I just think again, like knowledge is power. Getting to, getting to learn that, getting to learn how the modern day player yeah. is, kind of, yeah. and I think it only helped you know staying pro so long that I can transition that into 
you know, wherever it takes me for, for coaching, whether it's pro or, or junior or things like yeah. that. So no, I'm still having so much fun with it, man. I can't even describe how well, much fun I'm still Listen, man, I wasn't even, I haven't played since 2012. Like, I mean, I didn't even play pickup hockey since yeah. 2012, like seven, eight years. So like, if I could go back, oh, man, I miss it. I, I would encourage you to keep playing. Uh, I got to get going back to Muskoka here. Um, but you know, I just wanted to, to say thanks, man, for doing this. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. I can't believe we know some, I, it's not, I can't believe, I do <laughs> believe it because I just, you know, it's hockey. That's the beautiful thing about the hockey community. Um, I, First, I want to say appreciate stopping me and just say, hey, Brady, talking to me because, you know, I, I was going to do the same to you, but I didn't see it. I was just glad that you took the initiative and, and that sure. we were able to do this. Um, I am going to put, I don't have it on here, but I'm going to uh, edit in that song uh, of your brother's, uh, if that's okay Ooh. with him, yeah. just to get yeah, it oh, out yeah. there. I'm sure he, he loves it. He and loves it. Uh, is he older or younger than he's you? He's younger than me. Oh, shit. How yeah. old is he? He is 31. Okay. Yeah, so he's an 89. He's, he's doing well, eh, with the yeah. music career? Like, Yeah, things are going really well for him. I mean, it's a tough, he really wants to get out and play some shows. He's a, he's way better in concert than he is on album. But, uh, yeah. you know, he's itching to get back on the road and play shows. But, uh, I mean, people are staying home listening to music now more than ever with, with the situation we got going on. But, uh, no, he's having fun with it. Um, you know, he's got a new album out, uh, Who I Am by Corey Marks. Check it out. Yeah, check it out yeah, for sure, on, 100%. Yeah, uh, it's iTunes and all that stuff. So, yeah, he's doing great. I'm gonna have him uh, have a listen to the to the show here. And uh, no, I really want to thank you for having me on. Uh, it's been really nice meeting you. And like you said, we we got a lot of friends in common, and that's what's great about this hockey world. And no, I want to thank you for what for what you're doing. And uh, you know, you got a you got a good story, and it's it's uh, it's very like riveting and captivating. <laughs> yeah. But but I'm sure a lot of people can can relate to it, whether it's hockey or not. But um, you know, um, looking out for. For the, for the brotherhood and guys that you know could be going through the same same thing or, or, or anything just the fact that you know you're putting together a support group I think will go a long way for people and no I want to thank you for that because uh, you know that, that well, and listen like when, when you're done playing if you're ever going through anything man you, you give me a call or we're setting up like a 1-800 and we're going to have guys yep. everywhere and like maybe if yep. that's something that you could be Absolutely. involved yep. in too out here so like if guys are retiring yep. and you have your hockey school going yep. or whatever and they're like hey come out at least you're getting them on the ice again yep. you might spark that interest just like Dan yep. did for me so just stuff like that just keeping guys connected because yep. when you lose like my, I made up the slogan we are the team and the team is no longer there yep. right there's no tryouts every year yeah. you're not fighting for a contract every year once you're on in like once you're a, you're a hockey player you're that's it there's no there's yeah. unlimited spots on this yeah. team on the yeah, sport foundation because it's your so identity men for women so long boys and... girls whatever mm-hmm. and now we can all come together and, and really i think change the, the hockey community and the That'd world and, and you know darren mccarty is probably my biggest supporter like that's he's great. like right in there like i remember i just wanted to say uh like Liam Arnsby, like, if you are, do listen to this, man, like, please reach out to me because I just, I look at this kid, man. I know there's other kids out, but I get, just got a chance to meet him. Like, he's such endless potential, this kid. Yeah, and I just want to keep him, you know, yeah. in line and just let him know uh, the things that maybe I didn't know. And I think that, uh, like, just, you know, if anyone's listening, if you if you have players uh, that are making that next step to junior or pro or whatever, you know, and you're a pro hockey player or coach, take the extra time to mentor these kids and teach them the things that you were not taught because 
maybe they won't make those same mistakes like Dan Spence he, he shared the story about uh, he got invited to the lead on the last podcast he, he got invited to the um, Memorial Cup too with the Toronto Maple Leafs and and like he doesn't come from a hockey family a family with not much money he's like like dad what do I wear and he's like I don't know street clothes so he showed up in street clothes and where it gets to his section one scout from every NHL team Zach Hamill Jamie Ben all suits everything and he's in street clothes you know he's just a young kid yeah. 17 years old doesn't know he just thinks it's a whatever just little things mm-hmm. and whether or not they put a mark against you for that but up here in your mind you're going shit now I look bad da, 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 da. and now you're behind the eight ball so I think just I would just encourage anybody uh, to reach out and uh, and to just help everybody that's advancing even if it's not at the elite level guys let's just try to make everybody a better human being thank you guys so much for listening if you watch live on facebook i apologize for the noise in the background but listen that's how we do things on hockey to heroin road to recovery before i go i want to say a very 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 special thank you once again to the buckman family blair mandy alex and carter thank you so much uh you guys are like my new family uh i've always stayed close with many of my billets and uh though this was only like five or six days and i'm like 33 here in a week uh, i'm not in junior anymore i truly appreciate it guys there's just no words because uh, there was a time when people didn't even want to talk to me didn't want to answer my phone calls didn't want to you know so the fact that you guys knew my story and, and just still opened your doors to me and uh, really without knowing me, it could have been, you know what I mean? I could have came here and been a disaster, realistically, but I would, I would never do that because I'm just not, I'm super respectful and nice and all that, but they didn't know that. Like mm-hmm. reading my story, who the hell is this guy? What's wrong with this guy? But getting to know Blair, he was a children's AIDS worker and, and doing, he's just such a great guy and I'm just so grateful to have them. And, and Matt, thank you so much for doing this, man. And uh, Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Friends for life now, Yeah, man. absolutely, man. All right, guys, that's episode 43. Uh, just to let you know, that's seven away from episode number 50. That's going to feature my dad, Brian pretty nervous about that one he was searching hastings street in vancouver overdose bodies looking for me and all sorts of stuff it's it's a really sad story my dad actually gave me a hundred thousand dollars in one year once uh just to like you know because i was making up lies about why i needed money this and he knew what it was like but it was like i would call it i would literally call and be like yo i'm gonna because it did happen a couple times where i like i owed some money and i was seriously gonna get hurt if I didn't get this money. But then after I did that a couple times, I, there was a couple times that I just said that where I needed money and that's not fair. How screwed up is that? You're, I'm yeah. stressing my dad out. So like, I, I, my dad's coming on episode 50. I think it's gonna be a very powerful episode. Me and my dad have, we lost, we haven't really talked. Uh, we've been talking these past few months. Now our relationship's great, but we haven't had that conversation. It's we're saving it for the podcast and like, you know, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, what's going to be said, but it is my hope that you know it, it can be a learning process for parents, for players, just for people in general, and also ultimately, I hope that it can be healing for my dad and myself as well. So, um, guys, um, that's it from North Bay. I'm heading back to Muskoka. Uh, please rate and review, subscribe wherever you're listening to. Follow me on social media at Hockey to Heroin, also at Hockey to Heroin Podcast on Instagram, and then at Puck Support, and also guys at Pucks and Plants, um, which is all CBD based. We're bringing in all the latest information about CBD and hemp and all of that through Riley Cote, NHL enforcer. Look up the Hemp Heels Hockey Foundation. I know it sounds crazy. I'm not encouraging smoking weed, but what I am encouraging is learning about the endocannabinoid systems and all of that, guys. It's natural medicines that, listen, if my kid breaks his arm and he goes to the hospital and the doctor's like, hey, I want to give you morphine or a Percocet, I'll be like, hold up there, doc. I'd rather give my kid a THC gummy, to be honest. 
because you know what I mean? I'm not saying that that's what would happen, but like you think about it, we go to the doctors and it, here's morphine, here's Percocet. Okay, we just go fill that script. Da, 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 da. And then what? Then you're, then look 12 years later, my life is gone, right? So um, it's just all about information and getting all the latest information. So if you want to learn more about the plant medicines, guys, um, yeah, check it out, Pucks and Plants, and, and follow Riley Cote. He's my guru. He doesn't like to be called that. Uh, and Josh Gratton, too. Um, but guys, um, yeah, these guys, Josh Gratton, actually, another shout out to him. He sent me money so I could get running. Like, I didn't even have shoes, guys. This guy sent me money for shoes. Like, there's been so many people to help me out, so thank you. I truly appreciate it. Big thank to the Buckmans, 360 Goaltending, North Bay, Ontario, and Matt Marquardt and his brother, Corey. Check out, what's his album called? Who I Am. Who I Am, anywhere on Apple Music. Yep. Awesome, guys. All right, that's it for episode 43, guys. And remember, have a great day, if you so choose. Whiskey till I I swear I ain't looking for trouble Don't blame me